The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Craig, and well, the Steelers stole this game from the Raiders. You saw it. Oh, gosh. Let's talk about it here on show 449. Raider Nation on today's show we will have the post game for the thieves I call them the Steelers because they stole this game from the Raiders and of course the pre-game for the Vikings Vikings are coming to town and Bridgewater has recovered miraculously from his concussion I don't think so <laughs> he's gonna get another one here in the black hole that and the bone line should wrap it up for this week. So let's get to it. On a beautiful day at Condiment Field, Heinz Field that is, the Oakland Raiders just let one slip through their hands. Oh, you got to hate these games. All right, well, let's get to this post-game for the Squealers. Before I get into the actual game itself, I'll tell you how miserable, disappointing, and disgusting it was listening to yours truly, Dan Freak Fouts, calling this game. I have to say, this buffoon with his buffoonery so, so hate the Raiders and so love the Steelers for some reason. I don't know. He's right up on their ball sack, no doubt. I have to tell you, it was the worst thing to have to listen to uh, next time I'm changing. I can't believe how many Raider games that Dan Fouts calls. Please, you mean we can't find a Raider anywhere that can call a Raider game? That's some bullshit. All right, now that I got that out of my system... Well, it was a game as expected. The offense of the Oakland Raiders went out and took care of business. Wham, boom, bam. Derek Carr hitting most of his passes, by the way. Uh, 22 of 44, uh, equal to Ben Roethlisberger. Same exact number of passes. This kid is something. We have magic, and everybody knows it. You can follow him at Raiders Reporter, editor of Cover32.com, and also contributes to BayAreaSportsGuy.com. He's with us here on 95.7 The Game. How are we doing tonight, James? 
Good. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming on and and get ready for this because I have this long article. It's like a five-page article from Pro Football Focus that has Derek Carr as a top five NFL quarterback in the league right now. Are you buying or selling that? You know, I've got to buy it. It's hard to argue with it. The guy's on pace for 4,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, and four interceptions. He's got numbers similar to Aaron Rodgers right now. I mean, he's lights out. It's unbelievable what he's doing and the steps he's taking forward in his second year. Hey, Jay, I think a big part of why Derek Carr has come as far as he has is that he had the additions um, uh, of Amari Cooper and also Michael Crabtree being into the fold now, targets that he can actually find. And and Cooper's gotten a lot of praise, and rightfully so. He's right up there with Offensive Rookie of the Year. But he's also fourth in the league in drops, uh, 13.5% of the time the ball is thrown to him. He drops it, and I notice it, and I, I don't think it's been a back-breaking uh, play at any point for the silver and black. But when you look at Amari Cooper, based on how much well he's done, how much have you emphasized and focused on the negative? You know, I think it's one of those situations where he does so much good, it's pretty easy to overlook the negative. You're right. He's dropped a lot of balls. It's something that if he wasn't having such a stellar year otherwise, you would be really concerned with. Uh, part of it is that the Raiders clearly target him a lot. So the drops, you know, are made up for the fact that he has a lot more opportunities. And the other fact is when he does get the ball in his hands, he is electric. I mean, lights out with, with the ball in his hands and yards after the catch. And so you tend to look past some of the issues like dropping the balls when he can still produce at such a high level. I mean, he's on pace for 1,000 yards even with those drops. Coop, of course, did his thing, and Crabtree was amazing in this game. The Raiders' offense played a damn good game. At times we sputtered, of course, but at other times we rose to the occasion we're not going to let – this game slip away all the way up to a minute and six seconds of the game. The Raiders were tied with the Steelers, a crucial and historic battle for the Raiders and the Steelers for a playoff position in 2015. Well, at four and four with eight to play, looking into your crystal ball, does, do you, would you predict this team's going to be in the postseason, or do you think, well, it won't end right and some tough losses put you behind the eight ball when you look at Chicago and you look at this game in Pittsburgh and it's about next year? How do you, how do you see it going forward with the silver and black? You know, I think they're still in the hunt primarily because the AFC is pretty weak this year. They're only one or two games out of the playoff spot right now behind Pittsburgh and, and the Jets, and as we know, Roethlisberger was hurt. He couldn't miss a few games. That could cost the Steelers. The Jets are a team that the Raiders beat, so they hold a tiebreaker there. Um, they're still very much alive, and they've got a stretch of games coming up that are winnable. It's a tough test against Minnesota, but then they have two teams with two wins, and the Lions and the Titans, and a uh, you know, division rival in the Chiefs. So they could easily go through the next four games, come out with three wins, and suddenly you've got some real talk about playoffs. It was an epic contest, very physical, a lot of pushing, shoving, and hitting hard. Latavius Murray got popped and fell to the ground like a rock, arms all loose. He got knocked out. There's no doubt in my mind. He is on the protocol right now, and I don't know why they didn't have Roy Hallou come on, but Ottawa, Ottawa, <laughs> came in here and made a great run for a touchdown. You know, there were a lot of great plays. This is one of those games your stomach's just turning and churning. Uh, we could not stop the Pittsburgh Steelers. When you put 35 points 
on the board. You better win the damn game because the eyeballs are going to one side of the game, and that's the defense, as the coach said. Before he looked at the film, he uh, kind of danced around a little bit. He said about the same thing. Jack Del Rio, Raider head coach here on the Damon Bruce Show. Coach, thanks for joining us today. Another hard-fought game. You go on the road. You're down two touchdowns late. You're in it to the very end. We've talked about no more moral victories, but 24 hours after the fact, how is this looking to you now? Well, it uh, I mean, it looks like a, a game where we did you know a lot of good things, showed the resolve and the resiliency that you have to have to compete at the highest level in this league. And, uh, you know, we just came up a little bit short, but uh, there's no lack of effort, determination, you know, want to. Uh, our guys fought hard and uh, gave ourselves an opportunity late in the game. In a one-score game, you can almost always go back to the turnover battle. The three lost fumbles were a very big part of the game story. With ball security being an issue, do you bring it up? Can you can you coach ball security, or is that an individual choice? Do you want to highlight it? Do you not want guys thinking about it? What do you do to protect the football more, Coach? Oh, no, we, we definitely – we talk about it, think about it, stress it, drill it. Uh, it's, it's, it's huge. I mean, it's, it's the t- uh, turnover ratio is probably the number one indicator of winning and losing in the, in the National Football League. So you have to protect the football. Um, you know, we talk you know, weekly about protecting your quarterback and protecting the ball. And uh, the, the amazing thing is yesterday how well we had, we protected our quarterback. I mean, the offensive line, the backs, the tight ends, the routes being run uh, uh, so the quarterback could get rid of the ball on time, all those things, you know, very well done. But uh, we, we absolutely have to protect the football. And, you know, we had four turnovers and minus two on the day, and that's that's not a – That's not a winning recipe. There's an awful lot of positives to talk about in this game. The one one major negative was Antonio Brown's afternoon, 284 yards, his catch to set up the game-winning field goal uh, coming late, a 57-yarder on third down. I'm sure you've thought of this, been asked about it already. I need to ask you, too, why not double-team him against Landry Jones? I understand that Ben can pick apart a double-team, but when you got a a backup quarterback – and a you know a ticking clock officially working against them. Why not take away that best weapon definitively if you can? Yeah, that's 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 a great question. Uh, one that I have to take ownership on. Uh, you know, it, uh, I, I'm responsible for what we put together out there, and uh, that that certainly didn't work in that situation. Um, and uh, so that, that that falls to me. So, you know, I think you're right. I think uh, taking away their best player who'd been prolific throughout the day would would have been the wise thing to do, and we didn't get it done, and so that falls directly to me. Uh, Your defense gives up 597 yards. You blitz through the afternoon more than usual. Uh, Sometimes at the wrong time, obviously, you know, you got caught gambling a few times. It wasn't a good day for Khalil Mack. You've now talked with Ken Norton, your defensive coordinator. What's the biggest issue? What's the biggest takeaway? What do you do differently? Well, we we get back to playing the basic fundamentals that have allowed us to play, you know, really good defense uh, in spurts throughout this start of this this first half of this season. And, uh, you know, yesterday we did not stuff and shed blocks well up front. We did not uh, we did not cover well. We did not leverage and tackle well. And so, you know, you add all that up, and um, you know, it was it was not the best of days for us. Now we fought hard and. You know, we had our moments, but, uh, you know, uh, when you give up that much yardage and that many points, uh, 
uh, it's just not it's just not good enough. So you know we go back to the basic fundamentals that we believe in. Uh, we've got we've got good players. We've got good coaches. We've got you know we've got the ability to do these things. Uh, we've done it before, and we need to pick ourselves up and own up to where it went wrong and and uh, and be better. And as coaches, you know that you know that's why I say it starts with me. Uh, we got to make sure that we're doing everything we can to put our guys in the best possible positions. Raider head coach Jack Del Rio on ninety-five-seven. The game taking a knee instead of playing with three. Uh, three timeouts and, uh, and, and, you know, about 30 seconds at the end of the first half. Uh, I, I'm surprised. I, I think your offensive game plan has been hallmarked by aggressiveness. I was surprised to see just not even take one shot. See where if you're around the 50, maybe take another shot with big Polish waiting to kick one. Uh, did, did you go a little, did, did you get to the locker room too early at halftime coach? Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that. I just, I just met with the media downstairs and just, and just uh, said that uh, in hindsight, I'd like that one over, you know, really. Um, we had timeouts. Uh, we, we have a good offense. You know, I knew we get the ball. To, we got the ball to start the second half, and so my thought was, let's go in, let's clean up. I knew a couple adjustments that we needed to get corrected, uh, and I knew we were getting the ball to start. And I said, okay, let's not have a let's not have a bad finish to this thing. Let's let's get to halftime and, and and come back out and get the ball. And so that that was the but that was on me. I look back at it. I say, yeah, you know what? You know, give yourself a couple plays here and take a shot. If not, you can always expire the clock. So yeah, I, I think I was a little premature on that one. Well, and will it change how you end halves? Uh, going forward, I mean, I'm you know. always, I'm always learning. I'm always learning, uh, and I'm, I'm not afraid to admit when I, when I make a mistake. To me, that's a mistake. Uh, that's something I can do better. And uh, you know, wherever we can do that, you know, for each other, you know, and grow and, and be better the next time out. That's what we're all about. So being more aggressive with Carr, if that is in the game plan, I, I, I think there's, there's a reason to be. I mean, my gosh, that 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 game tying drive, that seven play, sixty nine yard. Uh, drive in 60 seconds was just one of those you're watching a player grow up in front of your own eyes moment. You know, the fans sitting on the couch, Raider Nation has been thirsting for someone who looks like a franchise quarterback. And I think I think they got the the glass of quarterback they've been thirsty for here in this young man. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think uh, Derek has has done a really nice job uh, growing up. You know, before our eyes this season. I mean, he's uh, obviously last year he got his start and, and got his feet wet. Uh, we've surrounded him with with weapons, and and, uh, and I really think the coaching staff is doing a great job putting together plans each week to take advantage of the talent available to him. Let's start with some injuries, coach. Working from the inside out, how's Rodney Hudson, who left the game late with an injury? Yeah, he got an ankle, and uh, we'll know more as the week goes goes on. Latavius Murray absolutely got cracked. How's he feeling? Uh, Latavius uh, um, is in the concussion protocol, and um, you know he's he's done well uh, early on, and whatever hurdles you have to go through, he's you know he's done well early on. Any issues with Mike Mitchell's hit on Latavius that rang his bell? No, no. Helmet on chin. Well, he he lined him up, but uh, that was an open field shot. I mean, running back's got to protect himself there. Yep. Uh, had an opportunity, you know, to do whatever he wanted and tried to cut back on him and got caught. T.J. Carey, Nate Allen, you expect these guys back in uniform next week? We do. You know, T.J. was close. He really was trying to get there last week. Uh, Nate is uh, was practicing the last two weeks, so yeah, we feel good about getting those guys back. Can you install a bionic shoulder in Charles Woodson before next week? <laughs> Charles, Charles continues to amaze. Uh, 
he uh, he finds a way to to uh, to fight and finish and and and, and play for us, and uh, it's been amazing to watch. Uh, he continues, and and I know how determined and proud he is. He'll he'll continue to give us everything he has. Looking ahead to next week, Coach, you may have caught a break with Teddy Bridgewater taking a shot. Uh, in that game against the Rams, the Vikings say they expect Bridgewater to play. Tough guys usually do. But, uh, you know, regardless, stopping Minnesota either way, you got to start with Adrian Peterson and I think work from there. Tell us a little bit about the Vikings. They're one of the big surprises in the NFC this year. Yeah, they're doing they're doing a great job. They're they're doing a great job. They're playing good defense. Their defense, I think, I think uh, number two in points allowed. Uh, they've got they've got the great running back uh, Teddy Bridgewater is doing a nice job. He's much much like much like us with Derek. You know, they have a, a young quarterback they're excited about, and uh, so yeah, it's a it's a good football team off to a nice start. Well, Coach, uh, you got a good football team that is still off to a nice start. Um, was there any thought in your mind about wild card standings at the end of that game, before that game, or are we sticking with one at a time? Well, we're one at a time. We're we're still pursuing our division, and um, uh, the shame of the shame of yesterday's result is that we didn't we didn't gain a game on the Broncos because they yeah. end up dropping that game. We didn't gain one on them. So, uh, yeah, we're still we're still playing them one at a time, preparing hard one at a time. Uh, and, and still, as long as that remains a possibility, that's, that's our number one goal. Coach, I'm enjoying our conversations one at a time. Thanks very much. Okay, thanks for having me. And then, <laughs> the next day on Monday morning press conference, Del Rio puts it out just like we all knew. There were missed tackles, people didn't wrap up, and the basics of football had left the building. I don't know what happened to the defense. Well, yes, I do. T.J. Carey, out. Neuron Ball, out. Those two guys are necessary for any pass defense on the Raiders. Poor Charles Woodson. Those guys that were back in the defensive backfield with Wood should be fucking ashamed of themselves. With a 39-year-old man making the majority of the plays on this day. James, when you look at Charles Woodson, especially in this last game, as they're just getting torched up and down the field by the Steelers, and it doesn't matter if it's Roethlisberger or Landry Jones, and you know he's so hurt. You love the warrior mentality, but at what point are you so hurt you're now actually hurting the team? Well, I mean, he did hurt the team at certain times. You know, on that Martavius Bryant uh, touchdown run where he broke a bunch of tackles, one of those tackles was Woodson, and you could see Woodson going low, and I think it was clearly because he was nursing that shoulder. He was scared to tackle uh, tackle normally, and he missed the tackle. You know, and that's one of the things that's going to be great about having Nate Allen come back and having T.J. Carey be healthy again. Hopefully they can give Woodson some rest. You know, he's been playing like an absolute warrior. They've needed him to because of the lack of depth, but they also need to give him some rest if they want him to be able to play all 16 games. Amazing job, Woodson. He almost had another pick. I just can't believe he's still playing at this level with a bad shoulder and a bad knee. An example for those young guys, reach down and grab what you got, brothers, because that's what it takes to play this football game, and that's what it takes to be a Raider. They better figure that shit out because I'm tired of seeing DJ Hayden get lit up, burnt, left behind, give the guy 10 yards to make any kind of move he wants, and then run behind him by five yards. 
Uh, that's going to be an interesting call on how they, they reinsert Nate Allen and the trickle-down with all the other defensive backs uh, on Sunday. What do they do? Is it a good problem to have to you? you, know, when you oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Do, do yes. you think they need the depth they need right more. there? Right. They need more. Right. And do you think that they will, now you're going to have guys that you can rotate in that's going to challenge one another more? Do yes. you look at it like that? Yes. I, I, I mean, Larry Asante's playing pretty good football. Yeah, yeah. You could play with Charles Woodson now. Down around the box, sure. Charles could. I mean, he's not quick enough to really cover much, but in certain matchups, he could. I, yeah, it's a good problem to kind of, you know, stir the stew a little bit, but just see how they're going to have come out of it and and what role they're going to give T.J. Carey on Sunday. Sure. Again, if sure. he's healthy with a shoulder in the hip, I think if, that's going to be a If he's healthy, though, isn't T.J. Carey your best corner? I don't know. If he's healthy, I don't know. Yeah. He's better than D.J. Right. I, I think he's shown he that was, he can be more consistent, right? Yeah. But you're still your 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 shoulder and your leg. You just don't know how consistent he's going to be. DJ Hayden, as far as athletic, it's that's what's thinking the frustrating thing, pops, is you see this guy, and I can't play corner, but I know if a receiver takes an outside stem, he's two yards outside the numbers, he's way out there. I know that he can't run the corner out. I know that he can't run the fifteen yard comeback. You know that there's certain routes that you can't run by just by alignment. So, and that seems to be the biggest deal that he's bailing on his technique, even though it's predicated by alignment tells you there's certain things that you don't have to defend. That's his biggest That's problem. That's what Eric Allen was telling us yesterday. Yeah, I, I, you yeah. know, he, he, uh, pretty smart when it comes he, to football. He got nice off job. to a nice slow job. start this year, and then he really, he played really good football. He was starting to get it coming out of the bye. His coverage in San Diego was really good. His coverage against the Jets was really good. He had a couple of really nice battles with Brandon Marshall. Sure. And this game was, was a little bit of a setback. But and as far as, you know, is TJ your best corner? He was when the year started, but the season evolves. The players, are, nobody's the same. They get beat up. They move him around. He's playing safety. Now he's got to go back and play corner. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I don't if they're going to just reinsert him at right corner. But DJ, I don't think they're going to bench David Amerson. He's not going. To, he's going to be on the field, so it's going to be between DJ and TJ to see who's in in your base. And then, you know, I assume DJ will jump inside. But TJ was pretty good in the slot. Do you mm-hmm. trust him to put him in the slot? So, yeah, you got to you got to have more bodies back there because right now it, it is the weakness of your football team right now. Yeah, TJ's got good feet, so I put him in the slot. He's a guy that's you know a pest can get on you. Put him in the slot because you, I think that's where he best serves the team. Shorter kind of guy, smaller guy, more scrappy. So yeah, I think you put him there. But like you like we're talking about, he you, Hayden was your best corner, and just it just seems like right now he's he's stopped believing a little bit. So yeah. there's a little doubt in his mind. DJ Hayden is garbage. I've said it before. This guy is inconsistent. He plays decent, and then he plays a game like this, man. Bad, bad, bad moves all around. The defensive backfield was the bane of the existence. We only got to Roethlisberger one time. Thank you, number 99. And they hurt him. You know, the other element to this, and Jack Del Rio keeps bringing it up, and they, they all do it because it's true. The, the pass coverage is tied to the pass rush. Sure. What's going on with Khalil Mack? Yeah, I, I know he had a couple of pressures I saw, but I'm watching it back. He did not have a single tackle. That one tackle in the game on Sunday. How hard is he, Pop? Is he where's, where's 52 right yeah, now? Yeah, he he was you know he missed a couple of days at practice and he's on the field. Yeah, and and I I thought I thought to date I really watched 99. I thought this was his best game. Oh yeah, he's, he's a force. I, he was 
He was getting double teamed. He yeah. had some. He was so close to getting Ben. He was hit, putting hits on Ben. He's the one who took him out. Yeah, He's I thought strong. He, he is. Now this is the key to the game. They took Roethlisberger out in the fourth quarter, about five minutes left, three minutes left, and so <laughs> I'm thinking we could win this game. Now we took out their QB. Are you kidding me? Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? Their backup quarterback, okay, Landry Jones, a real famous name in the household across the country, not really, lit us up, and Brown put us down. Listen, when you got a wide receiver with 284 yards, there's a problem. There's a problem with the backfield. And, uh, well, I told you about the injuries, but these other guys got to get it together. I mean, Charles Woodson could not hold up the house with one bad shoulder. You know, I'm ashamed of our defensive backs. Terrible game. Their running game was amazing as well. What happened to our great our great run stop? It was invisible. There was no penetration, and when they got penetration, they went right past the running back. I don't know where we digressed. I told you guys that this was a trap game, and I believe it was. Uh, some crucial penalties on both sides, but, you know, that's the name of the game as well. I'm not going to go into that, but I will go into the fact that Big Ben lit us up, and we didn't get a hand on him but maybe once, and that's the problem when you have a touted up front, right? Seven front, big you know, these guys are beasts and this and that. Hey, there was nothing. And I mean nothing. And I got to tell you, I got to put it on the coaching staff. Players have a responsibility, but I'm going to tell you, man, this defensive game plan sucked ass. It was probably the worst defensive game plan I've seen this season because there was no real defense of what the Steelers do very best. We knew they were a great running team. We knew that they could open up holes. That happened, and we got burnt. And then the passing game. I mean, why do you not double-team Brown? Or at least zone him so that you can cover and give Ben, ben Big Ben a hesitation maybe before he throws the ball because he's not real sure of where it's going. I don't know. But I know single coverage with our defensive backs is a waste of fucking time. And you can see 284 yards of it, Ken Norton. I lay this on the coach more than the players because they were not ready for this guy. Not even close. So, you know, when they can get that many yards with two players, that's the game, folks. The defense has to stop two guys, those two guys. We stop those two guys, the game's ours. We put double team on Brown and let Heath Miller catch the ball all day long because he runs like a 5'9". He's got to be the slowest tight end in the league. I mean, we could have let him catch the ball all day and still not even come up with a half of 284 yards. I do not understand that didn't get changed at the half because I thought for sure that Brown would get doubled the rest of the game, and uh, didn't happen. 
Didn't happen on the touchdown. Didn't happen on the 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 last play of the game for crying out loud. We had a chance to tie and go into overtime, and they just let that ball go. Single coverage. DJ Hayden on the move, and uh, well, you saw what happened. That was a game we should not have lost. That lands right in Ken Norton's ass, and that's where it belongs, and that's where I'm going to keep it. So that was a bad coaching day for the Raiders. I believe we do have the players, but they were not in a position to make those plays, Uh, and that that pissed me off as a fan because you could see the offense – was just cruising. Give me some of that. Out to the sun. Hey. Twisted and burned up. Hey. Can't nobody stop us. Try looking for the end zone. Left for Michael Crabtree. He's got it. Touchdown. Raiders. Right away they come out and hit him. Derek watched the ball snap. Now they motion out Murray right. Are looking for the end zone. Wide open. Amari Cooper. Touchdown. They blew the coverage. Completely busted coverage in the Steelers' secondary. Nobody covered Amari Cooper. Tammons jumping in the A-gap. Bootleg Cogger rolled out and throw. Back in the end zone. Caught! Clive Walford. Touchdown! Raiders! And now they're an extra point away from tying the game. Get in the gun. Raiders rush four. Actually three and drop eight. Bun gets out left. Throws. Intercepted. Emerson undercutting Antonio Brown. Is he in the field to play? Yes. yes. The Raiders take the ball away. And throws back in the end zone. Wide open. Touchdown. Jesse James. Their second tight end. The heating of the rookie run five out of Penn State. And the Raiders have a problem now. They're down two scores. They send it up. Amari Cooper left. Car. Handoff. It is Jermaine's on a wall. He breaks the tackle. Look at the big fullback go. Touchdown, Raiders. Right back into the game. Here's the kickoff by Boswell. Short one. Tyron Jones comes way up. 11-yard line. Starting left at angle right. He fumbled the ball. And it's three. And they're diving at it on the 7-yard line. Whose ball is it? Tyron Jones gave it up. Are back on first down. Going to lob one for Michael Crabtree. He's got Shotgun. They are going to throw it. Jones back. Throws. Antonio Brown caught it. He's in the open field. He may go. 50, 40, 30. He had some fabulous plays. It was fun to watch. All in all, I mean, at, at the end of the day, and I hate to use that phrase, you guys know it, the Raiders played hard. They played to win, and they played to the last freaking tick of the clock. And you can't ask more than that from a team. You can ask more from the coaching staff, but you just can't ask that much of the team. And I'm sure if you really look at the coach and look at what he's saying, you'll see that he knows whose fault it was, and he's not putting it on the players. They didn't tackle, that's for sure. They didn't wrap up, that's for sure. But if you put them in the right position, all that stuff right there uh, can work to your advantage if you're ready to be in right in front of a guy, I just say we should have won this game. We had many, many opportunities to do so, but Pittsburgh's over. 
We showed again, everyone, the powerhouse that is the Oakland Raiders. The offense is magical to watch. Now the Vikings are coming into the house, and we'll have to see where we go from here. Now Big Ben is hurt, and hopefully he'll be out for a few games and not be able to win too many. Uh, and then maybe we could catch up in the wild card uh, playoff berth again. But I'll tell you right now, uh, this is a crucial loss for the Raiders. And I was looking forward to having another win. But like I said, baby, they played hard and they did their very best. And that is all I have to say about that. Okay, the Vikings are going to try to pillage their way through Oakland. Well, this is Raider country, partner. That ain't going to happen, bro. We got to talk about it. Skull Vikings, let's win this game. Skull Vikings, honor your name. Go get that first down, let get a touchdown. Rock em, suck em. Okay, Raider Nation, on this Sunday at the Black Hole, I can hardly wait. The tailgate awaits. I can hardly wait to see the smoke, the fans, and the fury in the stands. The Raider Nation will be in the house when the NFC North Vikings come to town, and they're 6-2. and two. Uh, They're no joke. The Vikings, like the Raiders, started their season out slow. I mean, really slow. They lost to the 49ers, 20-3. And that game was a blowout, really, for the Niners. They thought they were going somewhere. Well, look at them now. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater was knocked the hell out last game, but he will play. He's So far, he's passing all the concussion tests. Now, let me tell you, Mike Zimmer is a very serious coach. Uh, he was really pissed off last game when there were a couple of bad hits on Bridgewater. I like this guy. He's pretty fiery. The Vikings have the second-best team on defense in the league. They're seventh overall. They're on points. They're second. And on third downs, they're second. Their defense is ferocious. It's vicious. And their front seven make the Jets look like uh, kindergartners. The Vikings are serious business on the defensive end of the ball. They're great defensive backs, and they will break your back by not letting you score. That's the, the truth. Now, the Raiders have a potent offense. I think we can do something here. I think we can get through this. Now, their specialty in the Vikings is that bubble screen with the wide receiver. Guess what? They are experts at doing that. I hope we don't do it too much because uh, we're going to have some issues. They've got a great run game defense. Running the ball, again, we're going to have to try everything. But I do believe that uh, we're going to have to use our tight ends more now than ever before. Uh, we shall see. Because that Laval Joseph character on the line is an animal, a beast. And I do not want him to get his hands on Derek Carr. Peterson last game, 29 carries for 125 yards. What happened to our run defense last game? I don't know, but we better freaking find it quick because this running back makes the last one look like, well, a kindergartner. <laughs> it's going to be tough for the Raiders defense. 
Now, I hope we can get our big boy pants on this week, and I hope we get some guys back from injury. I know we have Allen coming back, which is a big relief because he's pretty good in the back. But we need everybody to be on deck for this game because it is a game that we're not real favored in. And I'll tell you right now, the special teams of the Vikings as well ranked pretty high. Uh, they get great field position. Their they run backs are, are tremendous. They get 30 and 40 yards, 50 yards at a time. And uh, that's against uh, pro football players, folks. That's no joke. They have an excellent special teams uh, part of their team. And we really have to raise to that occasion because, you know, that's not our strongest point. I do believe our offense can score. But the one thing I would say to him, if you want to be more aggressive with this quarterback, coach, here's my one strong suggestion. No huddle. You got to let him run it more. He's really good at it. They put it in it uh, when they were on their 10-yard line. He drove him 90 yards down the field, and it wasn't all throws. He will check to a run if he gets a light box. It's the way he was raised at Fresno uh, Low. He's just good at it. And here, here sure. this is the evolution where he can really do it at a high level as a young quarterback. How much do you let him do it? Because it's in the game plan every week, and they just don't use it. They didn't need it the previous two weeks against San Diego and the Jets. They they went to it to jumpstart the offense in the third quarter in Pittsburgh. He went right down the field, 90 yards, tied the game at 21. They did not go back to it later. How much do you let this quarterback really take over now and let him do what Rivers is doing, what Manning did for years, and let him run the team at the line of scrimmage in a no-huddle offense. Bob, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think sometimes coaches want to feel like they can control. And they feel like if I do, and they can still implement all those plays, but then say, hey, here's what I, here's a list of plays you should be able to do. And quarterbacks understand that, hey, look, they understand they're still taking the coaching, but Carr understands what he's good at. He understands reading coverages. And I totally agree with you, Pop. His ability to read coverages and get the ball out of his head. Andrew Luck has taken a beating because he doesn't have a great offensive line, but he's taken a beating also because he's holding on to the ball. You saw the backup quarterback, the old man in Indy, come in there and hold it down. Hasselbeck and win two games and wasn't getting sacked because he understood what he has. That's what Carr is. Carr is his offensive line. We got to give it. The offensive line is blocking pretty good. But Carr understands, so he's like, I am not going to get hold this ball, and I'm going to get it out of my hand to my hot reads, and that's why they should turn him loose, Pop. I could yeah, not agree and, with you more. And, and, and it uh, weakens the defense. They don't want to play like that. No. They can't, they can't sub. They can't sub. The You're pass right. rush slows down. They're on their heels. It's the, If you want to attack, Jack. 29 seconds to go on the road when you're getting the ball back to start the second half. I, I agree with what he did. But look more at the big picture. Musgrave likes it. Let, just let him run the team at the line of scrimmage until he proves he can't. I, I say jump into it on Sunday right into the no huddle. Go right into it. Then gear back a little bit with the running game. If you can jump into the no huddle right away to start games and make it the basis of your offense. Bridgewater's already jacked up. We have got to get to him. And in order for that to happen, we must have pass defense. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but they got to do something. There must be a change of philosophy or players or something that will improve our defensive backfield because right now we are ripe for the picking. 
that and the run game. Teddy Bridgewater hasn't had quite the year, obviously, that Derek Carr has. He only has six touchdowns, six interceptions, but it's going to be Adrian Peterson. Obviously, okay. after D'Angelo Williams ran for 170, Minnesota's going to go that tape and run. So do you expect the the Raiders team that had stopped the run to the tune of 82 yards a game was second in the league coming into that Steelers game? you got to believe that the Vikings are going to run a lot of Adrian Peterson at the Raiders. Yeah, I think the best thing that could happen is, is the, the Raiders got exploited. I think we saw the way offensively the, the team, uh, they were able, Pittsburgh was able to move the ball up and down the field. And one thing they did took pride in is being tough and stout against the run. You had a second string back run for over 170 yards. Those men got embarrassed. And you know Jethro Franklin. He's the guy, Fresno. He's the coach. He felt like his guys got embarrassed up front. They got embarrassed. They know they got embarrassed. They felt that, hey, this is a strong point of their defense is their front four and front seven. And they absolutely got pushed off the ball. They got beat up. So you got to look for these guys to bounce back. And another thing, Pop, you have to realize, they're not playing against a guy named, who's that guy again, that quarterback? Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, he's pretty special. And I, no disrespect, but this young quarterback. So you stack the box? You can stack the box. You can dare him to beat you. Bridgewater, he can't do that. Well, but Norv will pull it out. And you know what yeah. Norv Turner wants to do. If you're going to build an eight and a nine-man nine box, you're going to get a lot of singles on the outside. And they have they have a good tight end. They have a good wide receiving core. Amari Cooper's the best rookie wide receiver sure. in football, but this rookie round five out of Maryland, Stephon Diggs, is He's really done. good. Can he and, get the and, ball? Do you think the quarterback can get the ball to him on yes. a consistent basis? Yeah, you on think a play Bridge? action, yeah, I think he can. I think, I think Bridgewater's capable. Okay. If you give him a one-on-one matchup, these wide receivers will go up and win. And you know Norv, he likes to throw he the will. ball. You know more, but he anybody. Will. No, you're he right. will throw the ball down the field off play action pass. So you got to stop 28. And the so, Raiders typically, when they go into a game in the back like him, they're going to make it tough. This guy's running angry, though, and he's he's a great player. He had a tackle. He just didn't tackle. Well. They, they, they did not. They got out leveraged. Peterson, and here's what the Vikings like to use. If you see the two tight end sets, Peterson's running, I'm telling you, because they use those tight ends very, very well. They will block out the edge, just like that happened to us the last game, and there's huge yards on the edge of the Oakland Raiders. We were exposed last game. And we better tighten that and zip up that hole because they gashed us last game on the edge plays uh, on the right side of the field all day long, and there was nothing we could do about it. That is bothering me right now. But there's no reason that we cannot win this game. You know, we can play our game. You have to play your game to win in the NFL, and you cannot be afraid to do the bubble screen or to run the ball or to run any play that'll help you get the get down the field. Now, we're fortunate because we have so many weapons and Carr is a great quarterback as far as getting the ball out to several different guys. We're going to have to have Musgrave do some serious Musgrad love on this game because we need to have some sweet plays that no one's seen, guys that no one's heard of, getting the ball down in the red zone and into the end zone, if you know what I mean. The Raiders can beat the Vikings. This is no easy game. It's at home. We got to do our job as a 12th man. We got to get in there and make some freaking noise like we do, and we will. But I'll tell you, the team has to play better than it did last week by far if they want to win this game because this team... This team is serious. Now, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm telling you, if we can get to him 
this will be the game. The key to this game is getting to the quarterback and hitting the quarterback hard. <laughs> Putting the quarterback on the ground. We got to hit him a couple of really good times and then start getting some interceptions because, you know, I love Woodson getting these INTs, but it's time other people step the hell up and start getting some INTs here. We need turnovers in this game, and we must get good field position in this game. We got to because this is what this game is all about. The reason I say that is their special team sets their offense, which isn't very good. Their offense is is okay. Our offense is 10 times better, but their defense is way better than ours. This is going to be a tough matchup, and it's going to take a lot of good coaching on the Raiders' half because we have players. This coaching staff better get together. We should see a whole complete game with guys in the right place to make the right plays. That's what I'll be looking for this Sunday. I know the Raiders can beat the Vikings. I know they can. I feel that they can. And they're at home. And they got to do it here if they do it anywhere. And that is all I got to say about that. We want to touch on this story that's coming out in regards to the Raiders and Chargers. Anna, what's the latest with Disney, the Raiders, and the Chargers, the NFL? So the Disney CEO, Bob Iger, has actually partnered with the Raiders and the Chargers. Um, He is in the – they agreed basically to become – he's going to become the chairman for the bid to build a stadium in Carson. So this has nothing to do with Disney being involved, but he is the man that runs Disney right now. Um, Once he retires, he could potentially become a minority owner in the team. And uh, also today there is a huge meeting today uh, in New York with uh, three NFL committees about about the move to L.A., and so they'll be presenting all their bids and everything today. So having Bob Iger in is actually a huge, you know, a huge uh, part of the game plan right now. So the reason why the Disney name here matters is because Iger has a lot of money. Yeah, he has a lot of connect. Well, a lot of connections. Connections. In the of influence. A lot of influence out in there. A lot of area. influence. So, what are your thoughts here? Well, when I talked to Mark Davis personally, I talked to Mark Davis in training camp, and we spoke, and he's like, hey, what's going on? And his take was, the perception versus reality perception of Oakland fans or the Raider fans rather in general that they're hostile and that's how LA viewed them and if you look at what happened in the 90s and 80s when Oakland's when the Raiders were in LA you had all this stuff straight out of Compton the different things that were going on the bloods and crips and it was portrayed that LA was the Raiders team and it was portrayed in a negative way so now I think this is huge like Anna's saying because of the fact you have someone that's affiliated with Disney and what is Disney Usually kids-friendly. Usually when you look at Disney, you think, okay, it's kid-friendly. Even though Disney's not involved, you have someone with a sphere of influence that is leading the charge for you that is going to smooth over and make sure those negative connotations about the Raiders are smoothed over by a guy with the sphere of influence who works with people that are in city electives that understands that. And then when I talk to guys down in San Diego that works close with the Chargers in their office, they're saying, hey, look. We've tried. They are going to, they are fouling for the relocation. It Something is happening in San Diego. You look at San Diego, they need a stadium. 
without a doubt, something is going on in San Diego. Don't know for sure what's going to come out of this. I know every week it's here's something going on every week that's talking about it. But I think this gives a lot of gravity to the Oakland Raiders and San Diego Chargers by having someone that has a sphere of influence in L.A. Bob Iger is uh, is jumping on the uh, train for Disney. the Chargers and the Raiders, which is obviously yeah. a political move because Smart. he knows where the bones are buried in L.A. Well, not only that, the other owners are thinking L.A., entertainment capital of the world. So if we get Disney, Disney on board. Right. So I, I think it's a, a little more of a glitzy play to counteract what Stan Kroenke's doing with his group. I don't know who Kroenke has fronting him. But he may bring in Steven Spielberg owners. now or something. A lot of the owners are behind him, though. No, I, I, I think there's there's a faction that won't approve him. So I, I think it's a smart move, obviously, to bring. The reason you're going to L.A. and you're so careful about L.A. is it is. This is the entertainment capital of the world. New York's the media capital, but all the movies in Hollywood comes out of L.A. So and you it, bring in Disney. And we bring in Disney. We bring in Bob. He actually, you see what his contract is? It's very similar to ours. Five-year <laughs> deal for $1. That's how much they're paying him. Yeah, but if they if they do get a team down in Carson, he has the right to buy into either one. That he won't be allowed to buy into both, obviously. But he could buy into the Chargers or right. the Raiders. Wouldn't that be interesting? Well, and that's one thing you've said through this whole process is is that a lot of these guys, if the if there was a, a team percentage involved, would love to. Even here in Oakland, look. You give me some of the team, I'll give you the money for the land, but I'm not going to just throw up the money for the land. Give yeah, me some of the team. I don't need a salary. Right. Just let me buy into the team. At the team. If, they, if you get a, car, a Carson Greenlighter and I'm a, a driving force in, in convincing the owners right. with my Hollywood kind of connections and the entertainment capital of the world. Of course, you want Disney. You're so family-friendly with the NFL. Yeah. So we'll see how it plays out. They're actually meeting in New York today, so they make this announcement before. It's a nice big splash before they, they roll out to the owners, and it's ultimately trying to impress Thirty other owners around the NFL to to come on your side of the uh, Carson Inglewood right. debate. Well, and I think too, what you can do is you can you can even though it looks great on the surface, I think what you can do is you can look at him and say, okay, what do we need to do to build around this and make additional dollars? Because that's what's going to ultimately with these guys is going to uh, is going to persuade him a little bit. Is because with Kroenke, they've talked about all the things that you can do around it and Hall of Fames and West Coast this and that. Well, that's what if you're an owner, if I'm an owner of another team and the league, what do I get out of this? And the league. I, I think I think well, you, the, the people you have to you have to obviously impress them all. But you really have to ex- impress the committee that is overseeing L.A. And it was like six owners and right. some of the big guys. And you got to impress uh, Roger Goodell, obviously, Todd Lywicki, the new CEO, whatever his title is. I don't think the league's ever had that before. Uh, he's coming in. He, you know, he he knows the Bay Area well. He's a former president of the Warriors. Right. So I, we'll see how it all uh, unfolds. It's 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 the ultimate three to make two. You got three three teams trying to get two spots. Uh, you know, will San Diego be able to be satisfied? I think really it's just it's the Raiders and Rams. San Diego's going to be in Southern California right. one way or the other, right? They're staying in San Diego County or they're going to Carson. And the question then are they going to say no way in hell you're bringing two more teams in here? So I think ultimately it's between the Rams and the uh, the Raiders. So we'll figure out how it goes. All right, Bob Iger comes aboard. That's an interesting deal on the uh, Chargers and Raiders front. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Cold Br. You hear him a lot. Uh, here on this station as well. He's kind enough to make some time for us today because he's uh, very tapped in around the league. And so we value the perspective of Jason Cole, who joins us now here on Haberman and Middlecoff. What do you think about it? I, look, I, some people are going to dismiss it as a PR stunt. That's not the case. This is something that owners were very concerned about. 
um, especially when it came to Mark Davis, whether he had the ability to accomplish things in Southern California that would make the Raiders successful in Los Angeles. And one of the remedies that's been recommended for weeks, and probably you know more than a month, um, ever since, uh, even probably even before the October owners' meetings, was bringing on a partner who could legitimize this effort. Bob Iger is all of that. It's it's everything. Uh, he knows fan experience. He knows the NFL. He knows how they like to do business. He knows how to make them happy. He's got deep pockets, and he's got the ability to go find deep pockets as well. He's you know ready to step in as a part owner uh, of the Raiders. I mean, I know it says both the Chargers and the Raiders, but look, this is all pointed towards you know, Bob Iger being a part owner of the Raiders. You can all see that. So I think this is a very significant move. Talk to Jerry Richardson, the owner of the Carolina Panthers on the way in, who's also a member of the L.A. committee. And he said, number one, that he supports the Carson Project for the Chargers and for the Raiders. And number two, he thought that Bob Iger was uh, very important for the NFL the entire NFL is how he put it. That was not about the Raiders and the Chargers. It was about the entire league. So I take this as a significant move. Now, some people may dismiss it as a bl- part of the bluff, and that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll see how it all ends up. But I don't think Bob Iger would put his name next to something that is really just an elaborate bluff. You, you know, Jason, I tried to look because I saw you tweet out Jerry Richardson telling you that. Was he a? I couldn't find anything. Was he a supporter before of the Carson Project? Did they just flip him, or had he not said anything before today? No, you know, he just hasn't said it before. Um, but did you know who he supported? Person, he's he's always supported Carson because he's the person who put the Raiders and the Chargers together. He's the one who talked to both sides and said, "Look, you guys are the ones who should get this together. We can work out the other problems, like you know, who's going to play in what conference and divisions." But we need to solve the California issue. This is what Richardson has always believed. He's looked at those two stadiums and said, that needs to get fixed, those two stadium problems. And the best way to do it is a combined stadium effort in Los Angeles. So he's always been behind this project. Jason Cole joining us. Jason Cole, BR on Twitter. You can find him at Bleacher Report as well here. Taberman and Middlecoff on 95.7 The Game. Uh, 24 votes needed for the approval of a move, Jason. How many owners right now do you think are out there to be swayed? In other words, how many really like Carson? How many really like Kroenke's plan? Oh, I've never done an exact straw poll because these people will never answer that question. And they certainly, a lot of them, even if they answer, they wouldn't answer honestly. I think that there's still a fair amount of sentiment for the Inglewood project itself, but there's more support for Dean Spanos. So if Dean Spanos, you know, with the Chargers, can get a proper solution in Carson with the Raiders and solve the perception issues they have with Mark Davis and the Raiders, then I think that that pushes this project um, to the forefront. I think today pushes them further, you know, across and you know perhaps across the finish line. I don't know if it's under 24. And look, you know, Stan Kroenke's still going to fight like crazy, if for no other reason, to make sure that he gets the best deal he possibly can out of St. Louis. So it's not like Stan Kroenke is just going to roll over right now. And he still has the deepest pockets in this thing. But I think that there's a more, that there's greater trust for the Raiders-Chargers project 
today than there was yesterday, and that's important. Uh, I think that these are the teams that they would like to help out the most. So obviously this is a pretty fluid situation. You're pretty tuned in. It changed a little bit in uh-huh. the last 24 hours. If you had to bet today, you know, as your prediction of what's going to happen changed at all, of who ends up in L.A., you know, if not next year in the foreseeable future? Look, the thing I always try and do, and it's been really hard because I've been at this thing for seven, eight years, and Sam Farmer from the LA Times has been at it even longer. But every time that you think, okay, I've got a handle on it, it's going to go this way, you know, something is going to change, something else is going to happen. And the other thing is, you know, are you don't be too swayed by one particular move. Um, you know, keep an open mind on this process. Uh, so, yeah, I think that this swings some momentum towards the Carson project with the Raiders and the Chargers. I don't think it has finalized anything because, most importantly, the owners don't have to vote today. Yeah, you could ask them, well, if you had to decide today, what would you decide? They might give you an answer and they might not. But they don't have to answer today. They don't have to vote today. They don't have to make a final decision. And they want to see it play out as far as, as, as long as they possibly can if for no other reason than, as you know, I kind of hinted, to leverage this other cities that are involved, to see if you can finally get something out of Oakland or St. Louis or you know out of San Diego. St. Louis is going to is probably going to step to the fore and um, and do a you know a significant project there and keep the Rams. I think they're the most likely to do that. But maybe you know the the mayor in San Diego finally cracks and says okay, we'll give you $300 million and you can get something done. I don't see that happening, but it could. It just seems like Stan Kroenke's hell-bent on going to Los Angeles. Is that, is that a fair statement? I think he's hell-bent on getting the best deal he possibly can. He didn't become worth $7 billion by playing nice. That's, that's so you, you think he'd be okay with staying in St. Louis? Yeah, if he doesn't have to put that much money into it. I mean, if he's going to get more, you know, if he's going to get another $100 million out of out of uh, St. Louis, you know, or another two hundred million dollars out of St. Louis, and that mitigates his risk in you know going to Los Angeles and laying out a b- bunch of money. Yeah, I can see him changing his mind. I mean, again, he's—I don't. Stan Kroenke's not doing this, uh, or he's never done anything in sports for the sake of okay, I need to do something for the community here. Uh, I need to do something because this is really important um, and I want to win so badly. He's always done it for asset value. Again, that's his goal. That's why he's worth, you know, $7 billion. All right, Raider Nation, it's time for the Bone Line, 1-800-620-7181. Get on that bone! You know what I'm saying, ladies. <laughs> you know. Don't forget to check out www.raidernationpodcast.com. All the news you will ever need, right at your fingertip. Randy makes it happen. All right, our first caller of the show is... Who? Food Stamp Raider. <laughs> I love it, bro. What's up? This is Food Stamp Raider, caller from Maryland. I just wanted to say, win or lose, DJ Hayden is the worst pick in the history of the Oakland Raiders franchise as far as a defensive player. He's trash. He's garbage. He's not even the third-string cornerback. 
he gave up so many big plays, including the last one where he got in Amherst's way and knocked him on the ground. Thanks a lot, DJ, for laying there like a slug. How many times is it going to trout this bum out here and have him hurt, lose games? Charles Winston's out here grinding with one arm, and this coward can't even do anything. And while I'm on cowards, Latavius Murray, it was nice knowing you. We need a real running back who can run low to the ground and not be a sitting duck. This game should have been ours, and we gave it away. But I'm Raider Nation for life. Just in case I wasn't clear, DJ Hayden sucks ass. The end. Full stamp Raider. I'm out. You know, there were several players that blew a lot of tackles on the defensive side of the ball. Charles Woodson was the man playing injured, playing balls out, making all the plays, making all the tackles. DJ Hayden was not alone in that whole conspiracy to fail completely at tackling, taking an angle, etc., etc. Basic football. Yeah, he does suck ass. But a lot of players have to own this game. He's not the only one. Latavius Murray, I said it before, he runs up upright too much, I think. Hey, Jay, when I take a look at Latavius Murray, I have been his number one uh, backer, no pun intended there, but uh, I really supported the guy. I think he could be a franchise running back for this for this team, but it seems like he runs too high, and that's going to lead to a lot of turnovers. Uh, I, I'm assuming there's been some talk within the organization about him lowering the way that he runs. Yeah, you have to wonder if maybe that was what played part of the role in uh, Sperano and, and Allen not starting him or not playing him very much at all uh, that year when, when Maurice Jones-Drew and Darren McFadden you know, repeatedly ran into the backs of their offensive linemen. Uh, you wonder if maybe that was one of their big concerns because it is a concern. He got knocked out cold on Sunday, and a large part of it was because he runs so hot. Yeah, and you don't really see that too much in pro football. James Arcelana joins us here on 95.7 The Game, and I was mentioning it on Monday night. I think if Eric Dickerson ran high, one of the great running backs of all time, he was a sprinter, uh, Adrian Peterson at times, you just, James, you just don't see that that much because you're just such a big target when you run upright. And also, I don't think there's a lot of running backs in the game who are as big as Latavius Murray is. You know, Adrian Peterson is a guy who is, but he's a rare, you know, freakish talent. And that's part of Murray's problem is he's a big guy, and getting low for him has clearly been an issue. You've got to hope, though, that the coaches are talking to him about it and working with him on it because he's got to fix it. Ball security is a huge issue for the Raiders right now, and Murray is one of the, you know, key offenders in that, in that area. What's surprising to me is that Latavius Murray is the leading rusher in the AFC. Did anyone else know that? The leading rusher in the AFC is Latavius Murray. It doesn't seem like that, though. When you watch Adrian Peterson, you see him week after week grind it out. It seems like Murray, it's a big run, and then it's two and a half quarters of mediocre runs. I'm probably not giving him enough credit, although you can take two of his carries, 50-plus, and 40-plus, one was this past week against uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. The other one was at Cleveland. Yes. And that adds up to almost 100 yards. That's 98 yards right there in two runs. The leading rusher in the AFC is Latavius Murray. He got cracked in the head. I thought that was helmet-to-helmet contact. Should have got a flag for sure. Uh, but evidently, we are not getting that flag. Whatever. Thanks for the call, bro.
And our next caller is Raider John from Rhode Island. What's going on, man? How is the East? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, what's up? Raider John from Rhode Island. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sad right now, obviously. Tough loss, tough pill to swallow. But, I mean, the offense looked pretty good. Made some mistakes. Um, Cooper... He's getting a lot of praise, but, I mean, watching him every week, he's still a rookie, and, and he still makes a lot of mistakes. He still drops the ball, and, uh, I don't know, he looks like he's scared to get hit sometimes, but, I mean, he is hes a young guy, so I'm sure he'll come along. Defense, wow, uh, I don't know where they were today. They got totally devastated through the air. Um, wow, yeah, that was rough. Charles Woodson looks like he's the only guy out there. And uh, that's about it, man. I don't know. I just needed to vent and voice my frustrations. Pretty tough day. And uh, B.S. fuck Bruce Gradkowski on the Steelers sideline, that faggot. Uh, I'm out of here. Raider Greg. Later, guys. Raider Nation, hang in there. We'll get a win back next week against Minnesota, hopefully. Let's do it. Raider Nation, I'm out. Yeah, we're playing good football. You know, I'm happy with the way the team's playing. I'm happy with the effort we're putting out there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. But there are certain plays and certain players. You guys see it as well as I do. Uh, and Gradkowski or Grankowski, the Bruce guy, evidently was having a real good time. Uh, you got you to, gotta, you know, expect that from somebody who used to play on your team. Uh, whatever. You know, they won. Let's move on. The Vikings are next. Tough game. Thanks for the call, brother. And next from the Inland Empire, Tujitsulu is in the house. What's up, man? Raider Nation, this is Tujitsulu hollering at y'all from the Inland Empire. I, I, I'm a longtime listener, and, and I, I the game just finished. And I was like, I got called. It's the first time I've called. I'm I'm pissed. Car threw over 40 times. And I'm pissed because of fumbles and blown coverages and stupid-ass penalties. And I'm pissed because this is how you're supposed to feel after a loss. I'm tired. I fucking hang in my head. 12 years. 12 years. I just kept inevitably waiting for the big loss or the the big fuck-up. But this time, I saw a team with less talent with injuries, with, with, with huge gas that would have caused us just to quit. And I saw a team with the one thing out that the number one, the will to fucking win. I'm very proud. I'm, 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 I'm pissed, but that's how you're supposed to feel after a loss. And I'm looking at this squad. I'm seeing Derek Carr lifting people up. I'm seeing a young buck like Amari Cooper realizing, yo, this is a big game and it's physical. I'm seeing people getting hurt, going back in the game, DJ Hayden. I don't want anyone to talk shit about DJ Hayden. That dude is beat up. Don't be surprised you start hearing about players needing a little bit of extra time. You don't be surprised you start seeing dudes you know, getting shoved in and out a little earlier on downs. You're like, what's going on? Because these boys went out there and they fought. And for the rest of the season, I know what to expect from this team. They're going to fight. They're fighters. They got grit. And so that I'm, I'm going to cut it short right now. I just want to say I don't want to hear any more motherfuckers from the nation calling into the show, bitching up, talking about how we lost. You don't go 16-0. and Most teams don't. You don't go 16-0. and But what you do on Sunday matters, how you play. And I'm proud of this team. That's it. I'm gone. Oh, yeah, man. There's plenty of blame to go around. There's no doubt about it. 
There are a lot of missed tackles, a lot of missed assignments, like you said. But I got to tell you, bro, DJ Hayden has blown blown it big. Injured or not, uh, let me tell you, Woodson is a one-legged, one-armed freaking machine, bro. And Hayden, for being a first pick? No, I, I can't give him a pass, man. These other players aren't first picks, and uh, they're playing. DJ Hayden... Needs a lot of work. It's going to take a lot to 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 help me to see uh, the greatness in this player. So far, uh, he he's less than fifty percent in my book. So I'll just leave it there. But they played to the last minute and they played their ass off. I agree, man. I got no shame in this game, and neither does anybody else from any other team talking about the Raiders and the effort in this contest, bro. Our next caller is definitely deep <laughs> deep in enemy territory. My good brother, the Pennsylvania Raider. What's going on there, bro? I know they can't give you shit, man. We played them hard. What's up, Nation Pennsylvania Raider? Man, what a slop fest that game was. Ugh. Just a sloppy, sloppy ass game all the way around. We couldn't hold on to the ball to save our lives. I, I, st- I stopped counting the fumbles after four. Uh, and we lost one of them. I mean, we, I mean, if those fumbles happened in the middle of the field, we, we would have got torched. I'm surprised we only lost by three. But, you know, what are you going to do? Sloppy game. Got to clean it up. Did David or Derek Carr looked unbelievable, uh, as usual. We got a quarterback, Charles Woodson, playing his ass off. Uh, took out Roethlisberger, but oh, damn, man. Let's get burnt like that on that last play in the fifth. Oh, God. Game we should have won. Just a slop fest. We got to clean it up. Pennsylvania Raider, I'm out. Yeah, for, but for as sloppy as this game was, really, they, they hung in there. Look, three points. Say what you will. It is what it is. The points will show you what we were playing like. At times, we went down the field like it was nothing, just like it was butter. Boom, 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 it's over. And then we get mired in this, you know, three and out thing. And then, of course, their offense just torched our defense. I I don't know. I think it was the coaching and the game plan, planning. That's, that's all I think. Uh, the players weren't in a position and we don't have all the players we need in that secondary. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller is the Carson Raider. What's up, bro? What's up, Raider Greg? This is the Carson Raider. <laughs> oh, man, what can I say? What can I say, man? I mean, you know what? To be honest, I'm downhearted, but I'm not mad. It was a competitive game to the last damn second. What what can I say, man? I mean, the Raiders had a chance to get back to OT. Um, but you know what they fought? I mean, what can you say about the defense, man? They're depleted. You know, without Kerry, Woodson's playing almost like one arm. You know, you just got like third stringers playing, you know, cornerbacks and just... What do you, what can you do, man? You know, but even then, 
looking at the bigger picture, the Steelers are without Big Ben, so I don't really worry about them. I'm firmly still believing in that the Raiders will make the playoffs this season. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm actually happy we actually had a chance at it because I'm not used to that feeling. But even then, man, go Raiders. I believe in this team. Derek Carr looks absolutely amazing. He feels like he's finally the driver behind the wheel. And listen up, Raider Nation. We're doing good things. All right, Raider Greg, thank you. Keep it up with this podcast. I'm out. Yeah, man. Well, this is how the nation feels. You know, how long has it been since we've been able to enjoy a football game without knowing we're going to have our heart ripped out of our ass at any moment? Because we all must admit, in the last 12 seasons, in most games, you you just knew that, that the lingering point, the three-point lead, was just going to disappear. Or, you know, something was going to happen, and it most likely did in the last 12 seasons. But this year, in every contest, including this one, I thought we had totally had a chance to win it all the way up to the last second. Everybody played there, and we're we are decimating, decimated. TJ Carey's gone. Like I said, Neuron Ball is out. Uh, we're going to get Allen back this this week. Uh, we need him bad. And like I said, one arm, one leg. Woodson continues to make plays. Uh, so I, I'm proud of this team. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller, my good brother, again from the hostile zone. Raider Chris from Scranton, PA. What's up, man? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Raider Chris, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Whew. Man, is this a tough pill to swallow. Living in Pennsylvania, the only game I really wanted to win was against this fucking Pittsburgh Steelers team, who, by the way, are overrated. Uh... First, I have to start off by apologizing because when everybody was handing car the keys, I wasn't a believer. I doubted the kid. I do apologize. I was wrong. The guy can ball. He can play. Uh, He looked and looks amazing. Like, he is our future. I will say it. I will admit I was wrong. Um, Just good quarterback. Very good quarterback. Uh, He did have the interception, which hurt us. But uh, let's be honest, we beat ourselves in this game. They did not beat us. We beat ourselves. Every time they scored, it was because of mistakes on our team, whether it was from the punt fumble, whether it was from missed tackles in the secondary, which I didn't think our secondary showed up, um, to just leaving holes open for Williams to go right through, right around, fly over. I think at one point it's a hoverboard. I don't know. Uh just mistakes on our parts and penalties, not to mention the helmet to helmet that wasn't called should have been called. There were a couple holds on Pittsburgh's line that wasn't called, but that's not why we lost. We lost because of mistakes. We lost because of penalties and we, we this was all on our defense. And I think if we weren't so thin in our secondary, they would have pulled Woodson because he was hurting us too. As much as I love the guy, like every other Raider, he's a warrior. He was hurting us too, but the guy's got heart, so you really can't can't go after him. But Hayden's got to go. Hayden is fucking garbage. Excuse my language, but he sucks. And just these missed tackles, 
we beat ourselves. This one hurt. But uh, how about Big Ben getting hurt? Love it. Kind of throw them in. But yeah, just a tough to follow. I mean, I'm not even angry. I'm, you know, I'm not disappointed. Like, it was a hard game. It was a great game. I uh, actually skipped work. Well, I was at work, but kind of stopped working to watch the game. But uh, I love what our offense is doing. I love Walford. Guy is a beast. We better sign Crabtree after this year. Cooper was a great pickup for us. We all know that. But uh, I don't I don't know if Murray is our, our future at running back. Like, one minute he looks great, and then the next minute he's like he's playing hot potato with the ball. But I do hope our injuries aren't serious, especially Walford. And um, move on to the next one. But good game. We beat ourselves. Fuck Pittsburgh. And um, I'm not like that fat girl in dodgeball. No apologies needed for the car thing. Nobody knew who we had until we really know now that we have him. I mean, it's proven. It's over. The discussion is over. But there certainly was a discussion after how many quarterbacks. I don't even want to count them for the last 12 seasons. So being skeptical is fine. We've had a lot to go through. But we have our man. There's no doubt about it. Um, I don't think anybody would have played any better than Woodson, even with one arm and one leg, bro. He was our best option at safety, and if we didn't have him in the game, it would have been it would have been a slaughter. Woodson was our only hope, and trust me, he made many, many, many plays that uh, our next up possible safety would have missed for sure. So with Brown in the game, we could not let Woodson. Uh, sit on the bench, no way, or we would have been really in trouble. Uh, well, we're we're injured, so I think our team will play better. But I'm not ashamed. There's no shame in my game. There shouldn't be in yours in Pittsburgh because you could look them right in the face and go, yeah, uh-huh, lucky win. And they would have yet said, well, whatever. But they know for sure it was lucky because if we would have turned the ball a couple more times, uh, took an advantage of a couple of things, you know, this game would have been ours for sure. So they got lucky. That's what I'll say. And next, my very good brother from Bakersfield, Raider Jaime is up in the house. What's up, bro? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation, Raider Jaime out of Bakersfield. Hey, man, we had that fucking game, man. So fucking pissed. I hate those fucking Steelers. But you know what, man? Kudos to fucking Alden Smith for knocking out Big Ben the molester. Man, fuck that shit. Man, Taiwan and Murray right now. Fuck, man. I'm fucking pissed, very great. I know it's Monday, but, man, Monday and fucking Sundays are my worst fucking days when we lose. But you know what? After the Vikings, man, we, we got this, brother. We got this. We're gonna find ourselves in the fucking you know, on a wild card seat. I, I we got it, baby. We got it. I just I just fucking feel it, Raider Gray. We're gonna have a wild card spot, man. And hopefully this was an experience that that we fucking learn and build off of and fucking just hit finish strong, man. We gotta finish strong, brother. But stay true, stay strong. I'm out. Yeah, you know what? I'm not so pissed. I know that. Uh... We lost, but it wasn't because we didn't try. It would have been a much worse loss, and you know the feeling, bro, when there's no effort, and that was not the case on Sunday. Now, we have the Vikings next week 
and they are the real deal. They're six and two, and they're coming in here high on themselves. So we got to give them a nice. We got to hit them in the jaw and keep hitting them until they're out. That's the only way we're going to win this game is by being very physical in the trenches. Uh, thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller from the Pacific Northwest, Raider T-Bone's in the house. What up, Raider Greg? What up, Raider Randy? This is Raider T-Bone representing the Pacific Northwest. Oh, man. I, oh, God, that game, we we still had to have that game. It was just my beef right now is, and, you know, I, I saw it earlier in the season, and I thought I, we could let it slide, but, Murray needs to start putting his pads down and stop running so high. If he just would initiate some contact, hit somebody before they hit you and stop being so damn high. I mean, I know he's 6'3", but still, you can still, when it's coming, and, and he already got away with the one on the sideline. Thank God that one went out of bounds. I mean, it was just, uh, I don't even know where to begin, man. Just turnovers. Taiwan Jones kickoff return, and we were still in it. And then we went, let a rookie Landry come in and on a slant. It's actually a pick; should have been a penalty. Myself thinking, but whatever. You still should have never let him get behind you. Uh, man, I, I don't even. It's all good. Four and four. We're five hundred. We got Minnesota coming in. Uh, I believe Bridgewater's coming off concussion. I don't know if he'll be able to play or not, but I, our defense, man, it's almost 300 yards to Brown. That's unacceptable. I don't care. Double team him or get some pressure. We finally got some pressure, and then it's, we get Ben out of there, and then Landry looks like a pro. And, ah, man, it's, it's up and down, man. But, you know, we're doing good. We're young, better, way better than we've been doing. But this is this is not where we should be at shouldn't have lost the Bears game, and we definitely should not have lost this game. But it's all good. We're going to get the Vikings. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, love you guys. Raider T-Bone, I'm out. You know, I've said this about Murray several times already. He runs too tall. And when he gets close to the line or contact, he needs to cramp down or, or lean forward and and keep his legs moving. But – you know, he has a tendency to stand up, and that's why I've always said if you stand up with a football, you're going to lose it. Uh, running backs who run tall lose the football. That's how it is. And I I just think he needs to learn how to get down before he, he gets hit. And um, that's it. That or find another guy to run the ball because our offensive line is really doing a great job. Halu should get in there. They should start moving some guys around perhaps and see if they get a better mix. Uh, maybe that'll be the case. Who knows? But, uh, you know, we did play a good football game. You, you just can't take it away from us. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller from the OC, Orange County, the Disciple Raiders up in the house. What's up, bro? Disciple Raider out here in Orange County, man. Yeah, uh, you know what? The last two weeks have been nice. And um, actually, this was a... Uh, a winnable game, man. Um, I'm not really too mad at them or anything like that, but they had their opportunities to win this game. Um, God damn, man. I tell you, they let Antonio Bryant, or Antonio Brown, whatever that fucker's name is, just fucking run wild on them in that secondary, man. 
And that's something that they really need to address in this offseason, man. I don't know, man. Hayden is too up and down. You need, you need some consistent DBs. Um, also, uh, Murray, again, man. I mean, like you say, Greg, he runs upright a lot. He got basically knocked the fuck out by uh, Mike Mitchell, who was a, an ex-Raider who never did that shit when he was a Raider, man, you know? But which was a nice hit, man. I mean, like I said, they had their opportunities to win the game, man. What can you say, man? Crabtree, Crabtree's a rural raider, man. He's happy to be here and he's playing well, and and I'm glad to see that. I mean, is it me or I want to hear from the nation? Does it seem like that damn Amari Cooper, man? He doesn't play four quarters of football. Like he just like disappears. He gets his catches here and there, and then you don't hear no more from him, man. He's like not the threat that I thought he would be. Or is it just me? Because, I mean, damn, I mean, Crabtree was basically doing every damn thing today. Two, last week, uh, Andre Holmes was the damn big hero with the two touchdowns. Damn, why didn't they play him? You, had, you, you weren't getting anything else going. Two, what the fuck is going on with Streeter, man? Get another receiver in there, man. What's number 10? What's the little short motherfucker? He ain't doing shit, man. Dropping balls left and right. There's a lot of reasons why they could have won this game that they just did in the day, man. And it goes back to coaching again sometimes, man. They just, they just, they just kind of crawl into a shell and get happy. But I was happy they put the points up that they did. But, man, dude, what a hard-ass loss, man. I'm out. It is a hard loss because um, there were so many opportunities to win this game, uh, a lot of them. And, you know, you saw them slip away pretty quick. And then you knew if, if – <laughs> You knew if Big Ben could get up and get the ball up that the ball was going to Brown, and we didn't do anything about it all day long. We didn't double him all day. I'd have doubled him all day and let the cards fall where they may because he just carved us up. But really, the team played good. What can you say? Uh, we got to get it ready. We got to come back. We got Adrian Peterson coming up. Bridgewater wants to make a statement. Who knows? But, uh, I thought they played pretty good, keeping up for as many mistakes as we made. And we got to fix these mistakes. <laughs> Great call, brother. And next, the RN Raider is in the house. What's up, brother? RN Raider here. Man, what a game. Oh, that was just a heartbreaker. It was one of those games where I just I couldn't watch football the rest of the day because it was just that emotionally draining. Oh, I had to wait a day before I would call because I, I just I I had nothing to say that day. It, the truth is, it was a great game, and and they did what I wanted them to do at the beginning of the year, and that was compete, and they did. Uh Man, Derek Carr, I, I have no more questions about him. He's he's our guy. He's our he's the franchise quarterback. He is starting to remind me of like a young Drew Brees, a young <laughs> fucking Aaron, uh Aaron Rodgers coming along. He's he's getting it together and his pocket presence has been just veteran like. It's it's been incredible the amount of progress this kid's made uh since the beginning of the year. I uh, our secondary, huh. you know, I think the last couple of weeks they've been playing out of their minds. They've just been playing above their actual quality of play. They, these guys are just not that good. 
And Woodson is awesome as that man is, as a future Hall of Famer as he is. He is he's 39, man. The guy is just old. And you can see it. it it's really starting to show. I mean, he had to step out of the game like three or four times just to readjust his shoulder or whatever else was ailing him. We, uh, we got, for the next draft, we have some heavy, heavy DP drafting to do. Good Lord. I mean, look, Antonio Brown is the man, but good God, 294 yards, one game, that's, they should be disgusted with themselves. Man, that being said, they kept it to the very end. And it kind of helped quell my uh, playoff expectations. At this point, I feel like awesome if they do, and I still think they can. Uh, And I still think that mantra of, oh, well, this is a winnable game is now bullshit. These guys can beat any team, any team. Some are going to be happy to play to the top of their ability, but these guys can beat anybody. Now, whether they're able to go the distance, no, uh, they're not. It, it's just not going to happen this year. They may make the playoffs and maybe even win a first-round wild card, but uh, these guys just don't have the talent, uh, mostly on the, in the secondary, to, to be able to go the whole distance. They, they know People know how to attack them. So it's, it's just not going to happen this year. So everybody who has that in their mind, like, try and – turn it down a notch because they're not going to. But in the next year or two, these guys are going to be contenders. And it has been so damn long since we've been able to say that. It's I don't even know what to do with myself half the time just watching these guys. I'm so used to watching them lose. This is a great day for Raider Nation. And, uh, man, stay pumped, people. Keep the energy going. These guys, I, I cannot wait to see what the future brings. Arn Raider out. That is for sure. I truly believe that we have made the corner. We have our quarterback. We have some great wide receivers. We got to sew up the crab, the crab master. We got to put a contract on this guy before the end of the season, or we're going to pay way more money. That is another thing we got to take care of. And, you know, we have, we have a team that just needs pieces now to start really making some noise. And I agree, we could beat any team on any Sunday for show, bro. And our next caller is Rudy LeVette, the East Coast Raider. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, it's Rudy LeVette. The East Coast Raider chiming in from Delaware, calling in after that Pittsburgh debacle. What can I say? Offense did the damn thing. A lot of turnovers, a little sloppy, but they put us in position to win at the end of the game. Defense. I mean, I, if you can call it that. I mean, what happened, man? What happened? Where's Khalil at, man? I ain't seen him in weeks. I mean, what's going on out there, man? No pressure. They didn't pick this apart. We got beat by two guys, man. Two guys. One receiver, one running back. Did a thing. 
benefit. Latavius, you got to protect yourself. Love the way he runs, though, Greg. He was getting it in. He got it in the Jets game. I didn't get a chance to chime in last week. The young boy can run. But you've got to protect yourself. Uh, your career ain't going to be that long. But got to feel good, you know, competed. We're still all young. Still got playoffs, aspirations. All in all, it's a great season. It was a classic game. And go Raiders. I'm out. Very well said, bro. Classic game. That says it all. I think that was a definite classic game. It was a Steeler Raider game, and it was fun to watch. So, what can you say? We were entertained, and our team represented, you know. And what we know, we could have won that game. And that's the end of that. <laughs> that's the most important thing. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is my very good brother, a very good friend, Raider fan to the bone from the Raider Fan Podcast, my brother, Raider Mike, is in the house. What's up, man? Raider Greg, this is Raider Mike from the Raider Fan Podcast, just calling in. Haven't called in, like, probably over a year, but uh, I I, uh, haven't even done my podcast in almost a year, it feels like. But uh, I will be getting a show up then. Uh, a little bit later, I guess. But for now, I thought I'd just call your show and uh, give my two cents of where the Raiders are at and how I feel uh, as a diehard Raider fan. And uh, quite personally, that Steeler game, I mean, dude, the Raiders had no fucking business losing that fucking game, dude. Derek Carr lost us the game. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Derek Carr. I believe in him. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. It's getting a little sour from time to time, especially after uh, last week against Steelers. I mean, dude, you only got to go 10, 12 yards to get a fucking touchdown, dude. You win the game. But you throw a fucking interception. Throw an interception, man, at the end of the fucking game, dude. I, I just... You know, I you know I go on and on about the what if we can always say what if, but the Raiders are four and four right now, okay, and that's that's good, that's good. I mean, it's as many games as we've won in the last you know ten years. It feels like, or if you take out the two eight and eight seasons, I mean, that's good. But in my mind, I mean, dude, we should be seven and one. I mean, we should be seven and one right now, man. Easily, that Chicago game should have won that game. We lost like that game, like what, by two points or some crap. I mean, dude, that's a game you have to win. That's a game legit teams win. The Denver game at home, dude, we had no business losing that game. That was disgusting. And then last week against Pittsburgh, I mean, dude, you cannot lose football games on the road like that. If you're trying to put the fucking quote-unquote league on notice, like all the Raider fans want to say, just shut up, dude. Sit down, shut up, watch the show. Let the Raiders become what they're supposed to become. Quit jumping up and down like a bunch of monkeys thinking, you're, oh, Raiders are winning, Raiders are winning. Yeah, we're going to be relevant. Dude, just calm the fuck down. 
we will get there. We will get there. The Raiders will be a force to reckon with in the future. Our future is bright. It's very bright, and I'm very excited about it for the very first time. You know me, man. I've been destroying Reggie McKenzie ever since he even took one step in that fucking headquarters. But they are moving in the right direction. Now, having said that, I just want to point out one thing, Raider Greg, and I want to hear what you have to say about this. Very important. I might go my two, three minutes. But I'm just telling you, Carson Palmer, you know, Mr. Over-the-Hill guy that everyone just dismissed and saying it was a great move, the Raiders move on and move forward. Let me tell you something about uh, Carson Palmer, who, quote-unquote, is over-the-hill, doesn't have it anymore, wouldn't have been part of our future. Well, newsflash, he's 21-7 and since he's left the Oakland Raiders. 21 and seven. Okay. Uh, we gave up a first and second round draft pick for this guy. And we let him go for a six round draft pick. He is leading his team. They are, they are the, the sixth best team in the NFL right now. The six, they are number one in their division. He's won 21 games since he's left. I mean, dude, you know what the Raiders are since we traded uh, Carson Palmer? 11 and 29. The Raiders are 11 and 29 since we traded Carson Palmer. I love the, uh, Derek Carr, dude. He's gonna he's gonna get us there. I think he can. I mean, I'm a little I'm a little bit you know a little bit of doubt. I mean, especially watching him throw an interception at the end of the game, dude, like that with that 10 11 yards to go. Give me a break. Reggie McKenzie is 15 and 41, 15 and 41. And Derek Carr is seven and 17 as a starter. And what the hell happened to, to, to Mac? It's just, it's frustrating. Great, great. But you know what? I love the Raiders and I had a blast at the game um, last Sunday with the, with the New York uh, Jets in Oakland. It was, it was, it was a fantastic time. And I'm really, uh, appreciate all the good things that happened there at the tailgate. It was just, it was fun. Anyway, go Raiders. Raider Mike. I love you, bro. I love you because you're passionate about your opinions and the things that you think, you know, and you let it out and that's cool. Let me just start with Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer would have cost us, I think it was $23 million. I think that's the figure. I'm almost positive. To keep him and sign him to a contract. $23 million. We would never have been able to get anybody else that we currently have on the team. He would have sucked us dry, and we would have continued to fumble and mumble our way to obscurity as the worst team in the league, for sure. Those numbers you quoted, bro, are nothing. They they really don't have any meaning to where we are today. This team is unlike any team in the last 12 seasons. This team is a team that is young and it's extremely talented. And for the first time in a long time, bro, we have coaches. Now, no one's perfect, but for the first time in a long time, we have a team that's executing, that has rhythm, 
that has all the possibilities of winning any game. Yeah, we lost. We lost in Chicago. We're learning how to win again, bro. You know, Woodson, the champion, he understands what it takes to win. The team is learning what it takes to win. You can hear it in the team itself. These guys don't walk off the field with heads down. This team is different than any other team. And I don't even want to hear about Carson Palmer because Derek Carr is going to put him to shame in the next three years, bro. I'm going to tell you right now that Derek Carr is going to torch Carson Palmer's everything in the next three seasons because we have a team now that just needs pieces, not like before where we had these huge gaps in a lot of areas of talent, like our defense was pretty good, but you know it faded at the end of the season. Our offense was good, but it faded at the end of the season. This team is it's like a machine. For the first time in over a decade, I tell you, I see a solid organization from the, you know, as much as I've given Reggie McKenzie shit and everybody on this show knows it, He's actually, if he's even, if he's lucked into it or it happened, you know, because the universe was just right, I don't know. Maybe he's a genius. I'd hope that. But however it happened, bro, we have the nucleus of a, of a powerful Raider team that's going to be able to take it to the, the limit and put another fucking trophy in Alameda, maybe two. I say that for sure. That's what my gut tells me about this Raider team right now. So that's how I feel about it. And I'm I'm loving your call, bro. And I love your passion. I love your fiance too. She's a sweet gal. And I had a blast at the Jets tailgate, as you did, as we all did. All right, Raider Nation, the Vikings are coming to the black frickin' hole. And we got to take them down. We got to hit Bridgewater and we got to hit them hard. We got to put the quarterback on the ground and end this game for the Vikings. Because Adrian Peterson is going to be a problem by himself. We know we can affect the quarterback. That's the key to this entire game. I am Raider Gray. And trust me, we can beat the Vikings in Oakland. And I am. Out. Oh,